Welcome and thank you for joining us for our online worship service this Sunday as we continue our study of the Psalms. I would invite you at home to open your Bibles to Psalm 47. Now, the message of Psalm 47 is fairly straightforward. It teaches us that all peoples of the earth must worship the Lord because He reigns over all nations. As such, it teaches each one of us that we must worship the Lord Jesus Christ as King because Jesus is enthroned in heaven. Psalm 47, as we read through it, we see that it has two parallel sections, both which begin with a call to worship the Lord, followed by the reasons that we should worship the Lord. So the calls to worship the Lord in verse 1, Clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. The second call to worship is in verse 6. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. And then in verse 8, we see all of the reasons for why we are to worship the Lord brought together For it says, God reigns over the nations. God sits on His holy throne. The message is clear and simple. All people must worship God because He is enthroned in heaven. And yet, there is a glitch. A hang-up, if you will. For if the Lord is reigning as king over all the earth, why does there remain so much chaos in this world? If the Lord is reigning over all people, why does there continue to be such division in this world? If God is sovereign, why are so many uncertainties still present? Over the last several weeks, we have all been faced with the reality that we have much less control over our lives than we once thought that we had. Traditional patterns of behavior have been restricted, and the future seems more and more uncertain each day. As I'm sure you can imagine, the leadership of the church has been struggling. We've been praying, we've been thinking through all the dynamics of what worship will look like as we re-engage in live services. And I know that each of you have had to ask similar types of questions as well. What will my path forward into this world of uncertainty look like? How can I take steps in a responsible and caring and wise manner? Should I go out? Should I stay in? Should I wear a mask? Should I get a haircut? Should I allow my kids to have friends come over for a play date? Should I save for an uncertain future? Or should I go and support local businesses? Should we go on that vacation? Or should we just wait it out and have a staycation this summer? The world seems so full of chaos and unanswered questions that it's hard to see how God can be in control. If Psalm 47 is true, that God is reigning, why is there so much uncertainty right now? And what we will see in our psalm for this morning is that God does reign now, yet the fullness of His reign is yet to come. God is presently in control, yet we must wait for the fullness of His reign to come about. You see, it takes faith 
to believe that the Lord is reigning as the King of all the earth. For there are clear evidences in this world of chaos. And yet, there is just as much clear evidences that the Lord is reigning in the past, in the present, and that we must wait for His future reign to come in the future. And so, as we are presented with a myriad of uncertainties in this world, we must continue to worship the reigning Lord and look in faith to His coming kingdom. So hear now the word of the Lord, Psalm 47. Clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. For the Lord, the Most High, is to be feared, a great King over all the earth. He subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chose our heritage for us, the pride of Jacob whom he loves. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our King, sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing praises with a psalm. God reigns over the nations. God sits on His holy throne. The princes of the peoples gather as the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come to you now in this time. Lord, we declare that you do reign. We declare that you truly are the King of kings and Lord of lords. And yet so often in our lives we live as though there is no king on the throne. Or we live as though we are the king of our own lives. Father, we pray that your word would convict us and teach us and show us how we might submit to you in faith and trust and worship you as the only true God. We pray this through Christ's holy name. Amen. If we would worship the Lord as we are called to worship him in Psalm 47, we must believe that the Lord has reigned throughout all of time. You see, as we look back on history, we see that there have been wars, there have been famines, there have been pandemics. The struggles of our current age are nothing new. As Solomon has declared, there is nothing new under the sun. And yet, during this time, we have often used the word unprecedented to describe the current pandemic. And yet, it is only unprecedented to us not in the history of the world. And what the Word of God teaches us is that the Lord has been reigning over all things from all eternity. Psalm 92 explains, Your throne is established from old. You are from everlasting. You see, there has been chaos in this world throughout the history of man. Nevertheless, the Lord has reigned from everlasting. Psalm 47 
shows us a prime example of the Lord's reign over all things in His establishment of the nation of Israel. Look at verses 3 and 4 of your text. There it describes how Israel was established as a nation. It says, He subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chose our heritage for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves. You see, the people of Israel were trapped in slavery beneath the power and authority of the most powerful nation on earth, the nation of Egypt. The people of Israel had no power, no resources to bring about their deliverance. However, the Lord had promised that He would give to the offspring of Abraham the land of Canaan. You see, He loved the sons of Jacob. And so, from the book of Exodus through the book of Joshua, we see how the Lord miraculously brought the most powerful nations of the earth to their knees to fulfill His promise to the people of Israel to give them the land of Canaan. It seemed like the Egyptians were reigning, but the Lord moved to show that He was the one who was truly reigning over all peoples. And so He defeated the Egyptians. He defeated the the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, so that he might establish his kingdom on earth through the people of Israel. And if we, the people of God, would worship him as the reigning king, we must look back on such past events and see that there is no power in heaven or on earth that can withstand the plans and purposes of our reigning God and King. While there is weakness, great weakness on our part, there is no such weakness in God. Now ever since the fall of man, there has been rebellion against this reign of God. And this rebellion has created chaos. Even as we saw in Psalm 2, the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord. There are powers on this earth that do not want to submit to the reign of the Lord. Nevertheless, we read in Psalm 2 that he who sits in the heavens laughs. For he is in control of all things. Even the rebellion of these kings will end up establishing God's purposes on earth. You see, the uncertainties of our own time might feel overwhelming or unprecedented. It might make us feel unsettled and fearful and weak. And therefore, we must look to the Word of God to see how He has established His reign in the past and worship Him as the King of all the earth. For generations, the people of God worshiped the Lord for His past deliverance. They looked back and saw how He had established them in the land of Canaan and they gave praise to Him. And yet, they continued to look forward to the time when the fullness of this kingdom would come about. While the Lord had overcome nations to establish His people, in time, these nations plotted together and rose up against God's people. 
And by the time of the birth of Jesus, the people of God were toiling under the reign of Rome. They worshipped the Lord as King, but they were under the rule of Caesar. It was in the midst of this oppression that the Lord Jesus Christ came preaching these words. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. You see, the message of Christ is the message, the gospel, that God reigns. It was the fulfillment of Psalm 47. Yet it came about in a way that no one would have expected. For Jesus came first as a servant. He lived under the reign of a foreign power, and then he submitted himself to death, even death on a cross. And it seemed that the reign of God that had been established in Israel was to come about through Christ would have to wait for another time. Yet on the third day, Christ rose from the dead. For in his crucifixion, he was doing battle with sin and Satan and death. And while it seemed that death had won, the reality was that Jesus was merely invading death's realm to defeat death, to bind Satan, and to atone for sin through the shedding of his blood. For on the third day He rose victorious, and then He ascended up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And presently, now at this time, Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of God, reigning far above all earthly rule and power. For truly, Jesus fulfilled Psalm 47. For it says in verse 8, God reigns. Not God will reign. Not that God has reigned. But God reigns over the nations. God sits on His holy throne. You see, He has placed His foot upon the neck of all His and our enemies. And He is presently reigning to bring all things in submission to the authority of God the Father. As 1 Corinthians 15.25 explains of Jesus' current reign, for He must reign until He has put all His enemies under His feet. And this is the main narrative of human history. The expanding reign of Christ over all things. This is how we are to make sense and understand all current events in light of the present reign of Jesus Christ. And if we would worship the Lord as the King, we must believe that Jesus is presently at this very moment sitting upon the throne of heaven, ruling and directing all things for the purpose of bringing all things into subjection to His wise and just economy of grace. Now, the present reign of Christ has several implications for us who are believers. First, it means that whatever is happening now is happening for the purpose and for the prosperity of the church. Listen to Ephesians 1 and see what it says about Christ's reign. For we read in verses 20 and 22, 
When God raised Jesus from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And He put all things under His feet and gave Him as head over all things to the church. The Lord Jesus Christ is reigning for the purpose of the church, for the pride of Jacob whom he loves. That is that Jesus is directing all of history for the good of his bride. This leads to the second implication of Christ's present reign, namely that all nations will be drawn into this church. For generations, the Gentiles toiled under spiritual darkness, the vast multitude dwelling under the ignorance of sin. However, when Christ gained victory over Satan, he bound him in such a way that he could no longer deceive the nations as he once had. To use Christ's own metaphor, he has bound the strong man and is currently plundering Satan's property. He is freeing men and women and children out of Satan's realm and by his reigning power, he is bringing the nations into the kingdom of God. And so, as we see the Gospel expand throughout the world, we see that Christ is reigning even now. Third, the present reign of Christ means that we who claim to follow Christ must work towards the expansion of this kingdom through making disciples. In Matthew 28, the resurrected Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Right? I am reigning. I am in control. All things have been put under my authority. What is the result? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. All authority, all power has been handed over to Jesus Christ. And the implication for us who would seek to follow Christ is that we must go into all nations and proclaim the gospel that Jesus Christ reigns, teaching people to obey the commands of the King of all the earth. Fourth, the present reign of Christ means that nothing can destroy Christ's purposes for His church. Jesus promises, I will build My church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You see, Jesus is presently reigning as the King. He has all rule and authority. And therefore, we can face the present uncertainties of life with great confidence and worship Him as the reigning King. For we know that He is working all things together for the good of His church. Now, during the quarantine, my son Judah and I have started playing chess together. 
We understand the basic rules of this board game, but neither of us are very sophisticated in how we play. Yet every once in a while, there are times when I can see that I am going to win the game, even though it is three or four moves away. I realize that a check will eventually turn into a checkmate. Now, in the process, I might have to lose a pawn or a rook or even a queen. Nevertheless, I can look ahead and see that the pieces have been moved into the right position so that victory is inevitable. The reign of Christ is much like this. You see, in his life, death, resurrection, and ascension, Jesus has made the crucial moves. The pieces have been put in place. The victory is inevitable. And nevertheless, we must wait for it to fully come. You see, by the work of the Holy Spirit, we have a guarantee. We have a seal of what is to come. By the Spirit, we presently taste and experience what will only come in the future. And yet one day, faith will turn to sight, and our prayers for deliverance will turn into praises for deliverance. For there is a coming day when all rule and authority will bow in submission to Christ, and all the chaos and all the uncertainties that you presently face will be brought to an end. Psalm 47 envisions this day when it says in verse 9, The princes of the people gather as the people of the God of Abraham, for the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. You see, there is a day when all the powers of the earth will gather to worship Christ like we, the church, like the people of the God of Abraham currently worship Him. There is a day when kings and presidents, CEOs and chairmen, scientists and scholars, when all people will gather to worship Jesus Christ and will acknowledge that He is the King of kings. This day is not present. It is not now, but it is coming. Yes, there is chaos now, but there will be a day when all chaos is put to an end. The book of Revelation gives us a glimpse of what that day will look like. In Revelation 19, the final climactic battle occurs in which the Lord Jesus comes riding upon His white horse to finally and completely defeat the work and the power of Satan. And then Christ establishes His kingdom in fullness. That is, He makes all things new. All sin, death, and injustice are ended, and those who are in the body of Christ will finally live in the full blessedness of Christ's eternal reign. And if you would worship Christ rightly, you must have faith that He will reign forever and ever. Yes, Jesus is presently reigning, but we are waiting for the full consummation of that reign to be established when Satan is placed in checkmate, as it were, and is thrown into the lake of fire for all eternity. 
Yes, there are currently powers that rebel against the good rule of God, but one day all the princes of all the nations and all the earth will come to the holy mountain of God and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. And if we would worship Christ rightly, we must look to the future knowing that His kingdom will come in fullness. So how will we face the uncertainties of our life? How will we make decisions when so much seems in chaos? Well, we will do all these things with faith that the Lord is reigning for the good of His church. When we feel that this time is unprecedented, we will look back and see how the Lord has delivered His people throughout history. We will see that our time is not unique in its troubles. Pandemics have happened before and the Lord has preserved His people and His church and has caused His people to go forward and to flourish even in times of hardship. When we do not know how to move forward, We will remind ourselves that Christ is presently reigning. And we will make the spread of His kingdom the priority of our decisions. We will make every possible move to see disciples made, believing that Christ is with us even to the end of the age. And when we are overcome with fear, our anxiety... We will look forward in faith knowing that one day all things will be brought into submission to Christ, even death itself, and those who are in Christ will live forever and ever. You see, there are no easy solutions or answers in such times as we find ourselves. Nevertheless, our Lord reigns. And therefore, we can go forward in confidence and in faith, worshiping the King who is enthroned forever and ever. Even the crucified, the dead, the risen, the ascended, and the enthroned forever King of kings and Lord of lords, the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, we come to you in this time. We call out to you, O Lord, for we know that you are the King over all the earth. Lord Jesus, we call out to you, for we know that you are enthroned in heaven, that you are seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, and that you are ruling and you are directing all of history for the good of your church. Holy Spirit, we call out to you, for you are the very seal that has been given to us, the foretaste of the kingdom that is to come. We pray that you would give each of us greater faith and a greater measure of grace that we might taste more clearly, that we might see with more intensity the reality of the kingdom that is coming, that we might live in this life presently in light of what will surely come when Christ comes to establish his kingdom for all eternity. We pray this through your holy name, Lord Jesus. Amen.